what's going on everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast i'm les and i'm mo and this is the les and mo show Hello and welcome back, guys. This is our season finale. I can't even believe it. This is absolutely crazy that we are done with season one already. Um, this ride so far has been absolutely unbelievable, and it is because of you guys. Like week after week after week, we've had new people joining us, and we've just you know got to interact with more of you, and it has been so great to just have that whole experience on top of learning new things about podcasting, learning new stories we might not have known before. It's just been great in general, especially to have guests and meet other people in the biz. Like This has just been an experience all around. So thank you guys for joining us for that. Um, Some news that we have for you guys is that we are on all major streaming platforms now. So we are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. So you guys can listen to us on your favorite streaming stations. Yes. Thank you again, guys. It's been awesome. I can't believe it's already been, you know, 12 weeks we've been doing this and new and new people every week. And it's been so much fun. Um, Just a little bit of uh, something that we're planning so just like this season, uh, we are planning a giveaway for the beginning of season two, and we will be sharing details here in the next few days on Facebook and Instagram. So if you don't follow us there, go over to Facebook and Insta at The Less and Mo Show. Give us a follow. Um, last time we did uh, two t-shirts, well, two different yeah. people, two winners. We did t-shirt and a $20 Amazon gift card. So yeah, we're still planning out the details and... We will keep you guys posted on that. Yes. But for today, let's let's get into today's topic. We are revisiting Alton, Illinois. And yes, this is part two of the most haunted little town in America. So if you haven't listened to part one of our Alton series, you can go back to the very first episode of our podcast and catch up. I will put the link in the description on all platforms. And for those of you who did not know, Les is actually from Alton, and she is super excited to talk about this. Hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) The first two locations we want to start off with is the First Unitarian Church and the Enos Sanatorium. And you can't talk about one without the other because they both basically sit on what's known as Alton's Haunted Hill. First... Let's explore the First Unitarian Church. So you'd think a church would basically be a holy ground that was exempt from the paranormal, but this church proves that hauntings can occur anywhere. Located at 110 East 3rd Street on the top of a hill, a structure of mystery and many haunted stories. The first building on that same land was a Catholic church called St. Matthew's, and that church later burned down. The Unitarians would purchase the land where St. Matthew's once sat in 1854. Soon after the purchase, the construction began to build build the new Unitarian Church. Some of the leftover stones from the previous Catholic Church were used to build the new Unitarian Church. 
It is said that secret passages were built on the lower levels of the structure and that they were used in the Underground Railroad. Alton supported the abolition of slavery and that is why many locations in Alton were stops on the Underground Railroad. In the early 1900s, the Unitarian Church would burn down just like the Catholic Church before it. In 1905, however, the church would be rebuilt and service would continue on the um, continue on for the Unitarians. The fires were only some of the many strange and tragic happenings in the building. In 1928, a quiet and shy man named Philip Mercer would move to Alton, becoming the minister of the First Unitarian Church. Mercer was liked by his congregation and the townsfolk, but he would kind of keep to himself. Six years later, at 48 years old, Mercer was still the minister, but would go missing for a few days. On Tuesday the following week, Mercer's body was discovered by James D. McKinney, a member of the congregation. McKinney was also the person who had housed Mercer for five or six years that he had lived in Alton. Mercer was found hanging from a transom above a doorway. And basically a transom is um, like an area of glass above a door frame. So sometimes they look like stained glass. Sometimes they're just clear glass windows above a door frame. But he was hanging from that frame of that transom. So the doorway he was hanging from was located in the back of the church that led from a hallway behind the Sunday school area to a yard that was behind the church. No farewell note was ever discovered in the church or in his residence, leaving a lot of people in Alton wondering what had happened. Mercer's family in England would state that he was most likely a victim of a nervous breakdown, also stating that they had been worried about his health for the six years that he was an Alton resident. Deputy Coroner Clunk would say that Mercer had hung himself with a newly purchased sash cord after leaping from a chair that was found near his body. His neck um, was broken ultimately, and that's what would kill him. The coroner would tell police that it was likely that Mercer had taken his life 24 hours before the discovery. Lights in the Sunday school area were discovered burning still, and this is what helped the coroner determine the time of death. The haunting surrounding the church would start not too long after Mercer's death. People claimed to have seen the spirit of the man roaming the church. Other accounts would claim to see dark figures and the feeling of being touched. There are also countless occurrences of people feeling overwhelmed with negative emotions unexpectedly. A dark spirit seems to roam the basement of the church and has been known to leave visitors uneasy. It has even led to some uh, people leaving out of fear. Some pretty convincing pictures have also come to light showing figures of children, dark energies, and orbs. The idea that the Underground Railroad ran beneath the church also leaves some wondering if any of the spirits could be those of escaped slaves. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, that is definitely a possibility. Yes. And I mean, you can just imagine the situation back in the day, all the negative energy, you know, slaves and people with yeah. suffering from anxiety you know not have not wanted to be caught and going back to where they came from yeah that is definitely a possibility well and like we had discussed in episode one there was so much tragedy and sickness and uh, just 
death that had been all over Alton, even up until yes. this point. I mean, Philip Mercer didn't move to Alton until, what, 1928? So... I feel like Alton already had this bad energy, the spirits, these um, hauntings going on before he got there. And it's not like there were tons of deaths or anything like that, at least not that we know of when the Catholic Church burned down or when the Unitarian burned down for a second time. But if they're using the same stones as they were using in the Alton prison and stuff like that to build these buildings, then that residual energy that we had talked about before was probably in those and who knows if there wasn't like some kind of dark spirit already in the church and that's what kind of pushed mercer over the edge maybe he was being plagued by it and that's what got him to that point i'm not sure but that was kind of my theory as i was thinking of it like in researching all of this was that maybe he had been you know not possessed but just tormented by a demon maybe not of this earth or maybe some kind of personal demon. I'm not sure, but I really think something drove him to this point. And we actually talked about it in the last episode we did on Alton. Um, a lot of the stones that are used in the buildings there are limestones and limestones are considered to be highly active in the paranormal world. You know, a lot of residual energy. And then, it, I mean, in regards to Mercer though, I do believe that coming to Alton was probably not the best idea for him if he was someone who was more of an introvert or like, and especially him being alone yeah, and a haunted, I mean, Alton is haunted. There's just so much history, like mm -hmm. bad history, battles and death, uh, a lot of bad energy. And it just probably wasn't a good idea for him to be there. No, I, I mean, I don't know what it was that made him take the specific job, but it is pretty it is pretty crazy but let's go ahead and talk about the second part of this story and it's going to be the enos sanatorium so the enos sanatorium sits just down the street from the first unitarian church on top of the same hill in alton the building itself is large and elaborate with beautiful wood carvings ornate i'm sorry beautiful wood carvings ornating its facade it was built by Nathaniel Hansen in 1857, and Hansen was an abolitionist who had tunnels and doorways built into the building to act as a stop along the Underground Railroad. Many believe that the tunnel that still exists holds a lot of energy to this day. Some have reported their hands being held with no one next to them, completely unexplainably happening. Others have seen dark shadows or felt hands on their shoulders with no one behind them. The tunnel definitely holds on to spirits and residual energies. In the early 1900s, tuberculosis would run rampant across the U.S., with many places being converted into sanatoriums to house those afflicted. The Enos was one of those. In 1911, it would be purchased by W.H. Enos, who would soon open its doors as a TB hospital to the public. In those times, there was no cure for, what, for this disease. Like we talked about in part one, the best treatment was for the fresh air and food. However, the windows to the building were often kept open in the winter, sometimes causing snow to fall onto the wow. patient's beds, potentially making their conditions even worse. So, with all the history, death, sadness, and sickness, it's easy to believe that spirits would be present today. The building is used for apartments... Um, 
to this day, and the stories of the hauntings and ghost sightings live on through the tenants and townspeople. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not it's not a good time, man. No. I mean, you know, we talked about it in our first episode. Again, just like this is 100 years in since the town was founded, and it's just one after the other. It's just different things, different occurrences and events where tragedy just over shows over. up. Yeah. yeah. It's... um. It is crazy how Alton has been plagued by so much sadness. And one of the things that was interesting about the Enos is that the tunnel underneath it is still exactly how it was back in the day. They didn't fix it up. They didn't do anything. You can still go down there and see it. I actually saw a video from this guy on Reddit who had gone down there. And he was, I mean, it's super creepy. It's got a really creepy vibe to it, you know, and it's like dark and dank and there's like, you know, cobwebs and dust floating through the air and stuff. And it's definitely got that vibe of being haunted. I I feel like there is a really crazy mixture of uh, maybe natural like ingredients in Alton with the river, Mm -hmm. the water, and then the limestones and yeah. the, you know the bluffs that they have out there yeah there's a mixture of like natural elements that maybe just attracts the spirits to just stay there yeah it's like the perfect mix the perfect yeah. storm but if you guys haven't listened to episode one yet you definitely need to go back and check that out because it really dives into like the 1800s. beginning yeah, yeah the 1800s the beginning of alton what really sets this town apart as like a creepy creepy place in the u.s i mean it didn't get the name the most haunted little town in america for no reason like yeah there's so much to it i mean it's in the midwest you know all horror movies are based in the midwest oh my gosh um in <laughs> illinois and uh, but it's still a very historical and beautiful yeah. town. I mean, it uh, there's still a lot of people that live out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice place to live if you're like in the St. Louis area or down the street in Grafton. But it's historic, man. A lot of history. It is. And it's, a lot of stuff is still original. Like they still have the brick roads in yes. some of the places, the hills that were there originally they didn't flatten things out they have all of that still it, it's some very casinos. very cool yeah yeah there those buildings are still there even some old shops that really aren't known as haunted buildings in the area are mm-hmm. still original to the time but for this the enos i did want to ask you i have a theory with the tunnel so back in the day okay when tv was running really rampant and everything they obviously had people dying left and right because there was no treatment right so go with me on this do you Mm -hmm. think that they would transport the dead bodies through the tunnels through the town to get them out without exposing everybody to it oh yeah okay yeah that would definitely i'm not sure what they were doing with the bodies but definitely a form of transport i mean that would be the easiest way do you think that all these tunnels are connected like that's what makes it an underground railroad or do you think that like I don't know. It was just like a tunnel that was built there to like hide people. Or do you think these tunnels like it was like some kind of like system? Yeah. The tunnels definitely connect. I mean, I don't know to what extent there's probably a point where you have to get out and go to another tunnel, Mm -hmm. but it's probably definitely a big like connection. I think so too. That'd be cool to go down there and see it if they're even still connected or if there's you know any passageways besides these ones that are known i don't do tunnels man (laughs) yeah i would do it 
Last but not least, we are talking about the Mineral Springs Hotel. With this place, you really have to dive into the history to tell the real story of its past and its hauntings. There are a lot of stories that surround the Mineral Springs, but most are more fiction than fact. So with the help of Troy Taylor's book, podcast, and website, we want to share the true story of the Mineral Springs Hotel. In the 1880s, the building was used as a meatpacking plant before it was a hotel. One day, workers in the meatpacking company were drilling in the basement to make way for a cold storage area when they drilled into a water with a strong smell. It would turn out that this water was extremely high in sulfur, and then it started the rumor of the water giving off medicinal qualities. This was when the owners were advised to make the building into a health spa instead of a meat storage facility. <laughs> what a switch in uh, yeah. business strategy. Like, no, no, don't do that. you got to make it a spa. A spa, you see? <laughs> you can get your meat and a day at the hey, spa. they should have done it that way, yeah. <laughs> meat and retreat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am done. Oh, my gosh. This spectacular hotel construction started in 1913 and was open in 1914. It was boasted as one of the most elaborate and grand hotels in the Riverbend area. It was set to have the largest pool in Illinois, the largest dining room table which sat about 26 people, and cures for various ailments that came from the Mineral Springs water that it housed. With such an elegant and elaborate building being constructed, it's really no surprise that the hotel was owned by two of the wealthiest men in the Alden area. The two men were brothers, named August and Hermann Lear. As German immigrants, the two were very successful from their work as meat packers in the St. Louis area. When Hermann's wife got sick, he moved to Alton because of the fresh air and potential business opportunities he saw. There we go with the fresh air again. Everybody was coming to Alton for the fresh air when they were sick. Can you believe it? Like, yeah. and, and that's surprising to me because nowadays, like, you don't think of Alton as a place to, like, Go and get some fresh air unless you go out like to grab down them. the river road. Yeah, exactly. But hey, it clearly worked back in the day. But he saw the business opportunities and soon after his brother would join him in Alton where they would begin many business ventures together and separately. The biggest being the hotel and founding the Alton Bank and Trust. The building would also house a water bottling plant where the water was taken from the sub-basement below the hotel, five floors below the street level. So this well was very far down there. But the hotel was built level by level above the sub-basements. So there was like essentially five basements on top of each other, and then they built the hotel on top of all that from the street level up. So absolutely crazy. But the two Mineral Springs pools were opened in the sub-basements, and one was for men only, and the other one was an open pool to the public, and it was the place for many receptions and parties. The hotel became a huge success because of the lure from the pools. The biggest draw was to the um, supposed cures that came from the mineral water, A man referred to as Doc Furlong would organize like hydrotherapy baths where he was questionable to say the least, but it seemed like guests always went away happy from this experience. It's also said that 
roughly 3,000 people visited the hotel in its first year alone. So the hype surrounding this magical water was definitely um, real, and the water was actually said to be as good as the mineral springs in Arkansas. So that's a lot of people coming to visit. That's a lot of bottles of water to be sent out, and that's just a very, very busy first year. Yeah, so Crazy. really quickly, I was just looking up um, sulfur water, and it says taking a bath in this water basically, um, in quote, helps you with ageless beauty <laughs> and relief from aches and pains. So that's what I'm doing wrong. Every time my knee hurts hmm. after basketball now, I'm going to take a bath <sighs> in sulfur water. Smart. That's crazy. We need to just move to Alton and I can go there and do that all the time. But it can lead to dehydration. Oh. Wow. That's crazy. Side effects. So during their booming hotel business, they were also having success with their water bottling company. Shipping bottles as far as New Orleans, Louisiana. In 1914 alone, they were selling upwards of 100 bottles per week. But that would increase to 350 weekly the fame of the hotel would grow over the next decade, causing the expansion of the hotel. It would host actress. Uh, it would host the actress at the time, Marie Dressler, and an orchestra that played every Sunday evening for dinner. August Lure would sell the hotel in 1926, and it would continue to thrive for several decades, but eventually would start to lose its fascinating facade in the 60s, the 1960s. Um, eventually, you know, guests and health fanatics would stop showing up and visiting as well. Guests to the hotel would end up being people mostly passing through the town who paid on a weekly and sometimes a monthly rate. But by 1971, the hotel was closed for good and condemned because the it was just deteriorating so badly that, you know, they didn't want people going in there. Yeah, it's not safe. However, in 1978, the building was saved by Roger Schubert who would go on to develop the building into an antique mall where shops and restaurants would begin opening. This is when the stories of hauntings would really begin. It's so weird how with certain locations, like in episode one, um, the McPike Mansion, yeah, it was so many different things. You know, it was uh, a hostel at one point, right? It was like a boarding house. Boarding house yeah, at one point. First it was the McPikes, then the boarding a house. A school, at, school one point. at one point. And then it's all okay, and then all of a sudden it changes from one thing to another, and then that's when the occurrences start, Like just like the hotel. It was you know, all of this, and now that it's a mall, this is when the hauntings start. Do you, do you think there's a reason for that? Like, What I do don't you know. theorize with that? I have no idea. I, I don't know why it's like that. I can't... I don't know. It's weird for sure. Like, or maybe like what I'm finding out and what I'm sure you realize too, is that when you look back into this stuff, it's hard to get like testimonials from people. Like when I was, when we were talking about the Philip Mercer preacher who um, committed suicide, we or I found that it was really hard to find anybody's actual testimonial. The only person I could find word like 
verbatim was the coroner clunk or whatever his name was but that's just because of a newspaper article it's so hard to even find that stuff so who are we to know if like they were having issues with that back then but it was so taboo nobody talked about it or maybe they did but it was just word of mouth you know and then these stories kind of got passed down time after time creating a bunch of legends and stuff like that i actually do have one theory now that i think about it Mm -hmm. um i believe it could it, it could be that the past spirits or the people who were there in the past, maybe they get angry because yeah. the the land is being changed to something else than what it was when they were alive. Yeah. And then that's when it comes to life where, so I don't know. Maybe it's because it's something they're not familiar with. Like, yeah, or they're trying to bring back what was theirs and yeah, for themselves. For themselves, yeah. I just that w- that would be the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Unless it's just. People just started speaking out more. Yeah, that's my thing. Later in the year is like, you know, because maybe if you said that back in the day, people would think you were crazy. Well, like after like the 60s when counterculture was kind of a thing and 70s things became more progressive, people's thinking started to expand and stuff like that, like mediums and ghost whispers and all of that stuff, you know, started to become a thing. But maybe that's why, like... It Mm. became less taboo, so people felt like they could talk about these legends. But there's a lot of legends that go into the Mineral Springs Hotel, um, some of which say that spirits um, that roam the halls and the rooms of the Grand Hotel are still there. The story of one in particular goes that one of the spirits who still lingers is um, at the bar of the hotel, and he is supposedly an artist who was unable to pay his rent back in 1932. The bar had been deconstructed to this at this point, and there isn't anything really left behind besides a mural that the artist supposedly was allowed to paint in exchange for free rent since he couldn't pay it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he would end up passing away before he completed it, and he it said that his spirit remains today in the building because he hasn't completed it yet. Wow. So I can definitely see that. Yes. But unfortunately, this is almost entirely fiction. <laughs> the mural is the only thing that's true out of this story that we know of. <laughs> there is a mural there today, but there it was started also in 1932. But there's literally no record that any artist um, was ever present in the hotel that didn't pay his rent um, and Mm. had to paint a a mural in favor of it. It just there's no stories of that on record. What a time, though. It's just like you about to miss your rent. Hey, landlord, let me paint you a picture, bro. Well, and like, who knows that that didn't happen? It's not like, what are they going to do? Blast him in the newspaper and be like, he didn't pay rent. So he's painting us a mural of all. Like, (laughs) what are they supposed to do? Like, who knows? But um, the um, newspaper, there was actually a rumor that was started by Roger Schubert in the newspaper. And it was just an article that was supposed to be taken kind of as a joke, but that's literally what would kind of like begin all of the stories and speculation around this specific tale. 
But another area of the building that's said to be haunted is the pool area in the basement. And this is literally the creepiest part of the building, y'all. Like, oh, it is so scary. But according to the stories, a guest to the hotel when it was in its heyday was said to have drowned in the basement pool. The story goes that he was attending a party with his wife and they got into a heated argument and he was accidentally pushed into the pool where he would drown and die. It's also said that his ghost can be seen next to the pool and even in the lower floors of the sub-basements and he's always angry and dressed in his Sunday's best including a top hat but very menacing and angry and a, a very heavy spirit. So the legend has it he's awaiting the death of his wife and for her spirit to arrive at the hotel so he can exact his revenge on her. Wow. Wild, right? A lot of legends. I mean, I feel like that's one of the most interesting things about Alton is that there are so many different legends. Yeah. And famous spirits. That's one that I grew up with. That one right there. Like I had heard that when I was a kid and that stuck with me growing up. Mm. So this one is for sure a bigger one of the two, but I had never heard the artist one before and I've never seen that mural either. So this story is also more fiction than fact as it could never be proven anywhere. The claims of encounters with the ghost couldn't be substantiated by anyone. It just seemed as if the people needed to have some sort of explanation as to why the stories exist. This is yet another case of folktown lore. Although the stories of death at the hotel could never be proven, there are plenty of witnesses to strange occurrences in the hotel. Many have heard footsteps, seen shadows, full-body apparitions, and wet footprints coming from the pool. It isn't known for sure who they are or where these spirits come from. There is only one theory that makes a lot of sense. The fact that the water seems to attract spirits is what most people tend to believe is the cause for the hauntings. There are many other legends and hauntings that surround Alton, but for now, this is where we will leave off. Yes. So creepy, man. So creepy. Creepy, haunted buildings, maybe, potentially. We're going to be driving through Alton in like a month or two. Yeah. I think we... I think what we need to do is make a plan for sure to go on like the real haunted Alton tour because I'm sure that they can shed a lot more light on things. And then you can also go into the locations that I don't have access to. Like I can take you to any of the like open public haunted areas, but I think we need to go on a tour and see these places for Um, real. That's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) Okay, Randy. Why not? Dude, that shit is creepy. Are you scared? Yeah, that is creepy. Well, I mean, I'll talk about this all day long, but I don't want nothing to fall on me. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'll go. I just want to go at night like last time. Well, if we're what if we're with a group of people? Because the tour, you got like 20 people. So does that make you feel a little bit better? No, I mean, no, I'm I'm fine with it either (laughs) way. But it's just, yeah, yeah, that whole town. I mean, it's it's a beautiful place when you drive up to it. Yeah. I've had a crazy experience in Alton once. I remember... We were driving to Fast Eddie's, and Fast Eddie's is this very popular restaurant out yes. there. Um, it's I, Was it on Diners, Drivings and Dines? I'm one of those. Sure. Yeah, it was on one of those. It's been on multiple of those shows, and a music video has been shot there. So. <laughs> but anyways, we were on the way to 
the restaurant to meet up with some family members. And I remember like just we were just driving down this through this town and you were driving. I was in the passenger seat and we were like stopped at a traffic light or something behind some cars. And I remember I was just looking at this old house at the top floor like it was like an attic window you know what i mean one of those yeah. small windows like one of those walks or whatever mm-hmm. they're called yeah and I, I remember i was just looking at the blinds and i felt like someone was behind those blinds and i kid you not like i told you you know yeah, this story. I know this, yeah. and uh the blinds moved oh. like really quickly it was like a open and close like someone you know just moved it to the side and then yeah. moved it back right in front of them but there was nothing there like i didn't see anything That's so that that was creepy yeah um <laughs> i don't doubt that one bit though because alton there is just something different about alton and its energy yes. and its look and its feel and it's everything like it is just i mean with a place that's so rooted in americans america's history like that how could it not be so overwhelmingly haunted and have so many spirits and energies trapped in it like it's just a, it's like a breeding ground for all of that mm-hmm. stuff and as things continue to happen throughout time maybe more and more spirits will be in that area and it'll get even yeah. more of a haunted feeling who knows like I I will say though it's one of the best places to spend Halloween oh at. yes um especially down in Grafton like during yeah. Halloween they do like the witches walk the street or something like yeah, that. Yeah, witches every, walk. Yeah, yeah. Every, all, all everyone's like dressed as witches or people are just dressed in costumes in general. Yeah. And you know, it's just a bar, uh, a strip of bars basically. So yeah. there are a lot of fun things to do down there. So, so Grafton, just so you guys get a little idea. So Alton um, and Grafton are about thirty minutes. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes from each other, if that, if that. And it, you just take the river road. So literally there's bluffs on one side, there's the road that you're driving on, and then there's water, the river on the other side. The most beautiful drive, by yes. the way. In the fall, you guys, yes. the, the colors of the leaves are insane. It is beautiful. I remember as a kid, we would drive it every single year, multiple times throughout the season. We would go to the pumpkin patches across water park. the river. Yeah, Raging Rivers. Oh my God, I just went my head is going through memory lane right now but shout out to all of those places um but yeah grafton is such a fun town so if you go i highly recommend it please go go to alton for the history go to grafton for the parties because grafton is referred to as the key west of the midwest and it's a hell of a lot of fun so that's going to be it today. Please join us again in season two for another Alton episode. We're not sure which episode it's going to be yet, but we are going to continue this series because there's tons to talk about. So, mm-hmm. But that being said, let's wrap things up for this week and this season. But before we go, we wanted to let you know a few things. Again, we are on all major streaming services now. So you've got Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Amazon to choose from. And you can hear us on all of those. And if you are watching the video version of our podcast on YouTube, please subscribe um, and like this video. And if you're on any of the platforms listening, please give us a rating and uh, follow our podcast. Um, also another announcement, just a reminder for the beginning of season two, we will be, 
uh, doing a giveaway. There is no episode next week, so the, the first episode of Season 2 will be on April 14th. And that is when we will announce the winners for the giveaway. So there's about a two-week period for you guys to enter to win this giveaway. And we will announce more details on Facebook um, and Instagram this coming weekend. So um, keep an eye on that and follow us on our social media, guys, at The Lesson Mo Show. With that being said, the the more you know, know, the the less less you fear. fear. So So tune tune in next week right back here. here.